Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I was thinking about Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. been thinking about it all week, actually. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by what, saints? Okay, some of y'all didn't see that, huh? I'm not going to let you just sit there. All right, he's upholding all things by what? By the word of his power. It literally means that Jesus, if you've got a pen, write it down, that Jesus is holding the universe together by his word. God says Jesus Christ. His own son is providentially governing and sustaining everything that's going on in the universe. And that means all events and all objects and all people and all circumstances. It means he carries each to its appointed end. I want you to think about that. But most importantly, I want you to believe that with your heart. I want you to believe that God is in control. The word uphold is the Greek word phero. Very interesting word. It's commonly used for carrying something from one place to another. For example, in Luke chapter 5, the friends were carrying the paralyzed man to Jesus. In John chapter 2, they were carrying the wine at the wedding at Cana. Um, I think of uh, Mark, who was carrying the cloak and the books to Paul when he was in prison. This word means... Active, this word uphold, means active, purposeful control of the thing being carried. We can stand here and argue about evolution. Are you hearing me? And we can stand here and argue about creation. And we can argue about the Big Bang. I call it the Big God. They call it the Big Bang. I call it the Big God. And we can stand here and argue about DNA, and we can argue about Carbon 12, 14 dating, and Dr. Geologist said this, and Dr. Comet said that. But listen, at the end of the day, when the trials and the tribulations come your way, no matter what, you're going to need to know that you serve a God that has power in his word. Then God said... Then God said, you need to know and take comfort in the fact that his word is true. And that he is God who cannot and will not lie and that he is the same yesterday. Somebody help me. He's the same yesterday and today and forever. And in the midst of your suffering, this is what's going to bring you comfort. When, you, when you're going through stuff, when life comes at you and it comes at you fast, you ain't going to be thinking about carbon-14 dating. You ain't going to think about carbon-14 dating. You're not going to be thinking about when they tell you that you need chemotherapy. 
You're not going to be thinking what the age of the earth is. Well, what is the age of the earth? Am I right about it? When they tell you your child is sick with an incurable disease, you're not going to be thinking about DNA and the molecular structure or fossils or stalactites or stalagmites. You're not going to be thinking about any of that. You're going to be thinking, okay, God, what did you say? You need to know that God is a sustaining God and that he holds everything together by the word of his power. That's what you need to know. And that's what I want you to hear. And more importantly, that's what I want you to believe. That this is the God I want you to know. This is the God I want you to trust in. This is the God we're talking about in Genesis. So when you read in verse 9, it tells us, then God says, that word, then God said, those are three really big words that we blow over. Then God said, and we blow over those words. Those are big words that we blow over. Then God said, look at verse 9, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place. And on the first day, God divides the light from the darkness. On the second day, God divides the waters from below, from the waters above. And on the third day, God divides the land from sea. So at this point, the continents were all underwater, covered one continent, covered underwater, under one, in one body of water. Then power went out of his mouth. Then God said, and when God said, there must have been some cataclysmic upheaval and a shifting of the surface of the earth and the tectonic plates and the water was plunged down and and raised up rocky ground and made it float on water. And then all of a sudden, get this in your mind's eye, the earth starts to push up to create the surface of the land. And then God digs channels so the waters could go back And the ground would appear and he made boundaries around the newly formed ocean so that they can only go this far. When you go to the ocean, you ever think about who tells the ocean to stop right there? I don't like to get in the water because every time I get in the water, I think of Jaws. (laughs) Every time I get in the water, I hear, dun-dum. Done. Um, so I just go. I put my toe on the water, and I got in. That's it. That's not for me. But who who tells the who tells the ocean? Think about this. If God's word didn't hold the sea, water would drown the entire earth. So all this gathering together is now what we call seas. It happened at this time. And then different elements start to combine with minerals. The minerals become rocks and soil and make up solid earth. It's crust, it's mantle, it's core. This is amazing action of God. Look at verse 10. God called the dry land earth. The waters he called seas. God saw that it was good. It was good. Did you know? The earth is the only place in the solar system that you find water. And that's why the earth is affectionately called the blue planet. Did you know that? The earth is called the blue planet because of the abundance of water on the earth. I was amazed to find this out. Listen, there are 330 million miles of water on the face of the planet. 330 million miles of water on the face of the planet. There is every day 1.5 
trillion tons of rain that fall on the earth every day. That's staggering. 1.5 trillion tons. We talk about a God who provides. 1.5 trillion tons of water that fall on the earth every day. Approximately 75% of this planet is covered in water. Did you know that water is the most important liquid in the world? Water makes up about three-fourths of the human body. The body needs about three-quarts of water a day to operate efficiently. Water is essential to digestion, breaks up and softens food. Water is essential for reproduction. The blood is 90%. H2O and carries nutrients to the cell. But think about this. For water to be what water is, the atmosphere last week had to be what it was. 78% nitrogen, 21% oxygen. All of the factors necessary for life to exist on earth is created and maintained by Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 44 verse 24 tells us just that. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, and the one who formed you from the wound, I, the Lord, and the maker of most things, all things, stretching out the heavens by myself and stretching out the earth all alone. Did y'all get that? God said, I don't need your help. I did it all by myself. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Write it down, memory verse. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things do what, saints? Hold together. Look at verse 11. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass that the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit. Now listen, this verse is often quoted. Give me your attention. Y'all know where I'm going. This verse is often quoted for the use of medical marijuana or marijuana period. And y'all know people and I know people that know this verse better than you do. Okay. I know people know this verse. They know that they know the Hebrew lettering. They know the Hebrew spelling. They'll tell you, well, in the Hebrew language, the word herb is the Hebrew letter. They, they know because they, they, well, they want to support the use of marijuana. I was talking about this with a friend after service today. And, you know, because people say, well, God made the herb, so we ought to be able to smoke it. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it 100 because y'all obviously not understand what I'm saying. Y'all are not picking up what I'm putting down, so I'm just going to make it plain, all right? God made the earth, so we might as well smoke it, you know, and they go on and all that. And a friend of mine, he just told me this. I never thought of this. He just told me this just after the second service. He said, he said but it's really interesting that, 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 yes, God did make the herb, but the herb that God made was before the fall. Amen. Just an insight. By no means is it the law or the Bible. But it is an interesting insight that this herb is before the fall. Now, another thing about herb, I mean, if you want to go down that path, um, in the Greek language, uh, the use of drugs, of, uh, uh, of any drugs, is the Greek word pharmakia. And in the Greek culture, they would use drugs um, 
when they were trying to induce people with witchcraft and all of these other kinds of things. So drug abuse and drug use have its connections in sorcery and witchcraft. I didn't intend to say all that, but since we got down that path. So the next time somebody tells you that God made the earth, well, yeah, I guess so. But not every herb is good for every purpose. Let's just say that. The, the plants, notice this, the plants were not created as seeds. They were full-grown plants. They were mature plants, having the appearance of age, able to yield seed. Whose seed, did you get that, is in itself. Notice, according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. In the evening and the morning were Tuesday, the third day. This phrase, according to its kind, is found, write it down, 10 times in Genesis chapter 1. It means God allows variations within a kind. So something of one kind can never develop into another kind. A fish cannot become a baby. Somebody say amen. amen. A fish cannot become a baby. It's impossible. It's a different kind. Now, evolutionists talk about transmutation. Transmutation means that over a period of time, species can change. So they talk about species and their tails fall off and limbs grow. The only problem is there's no real evidence of that. And if that were true, that there would be millions of transmutated forms on the earth today. And if that were true, then things still would be transmutating. Why are they not? Scientists talk about vertical movement or horizontal movement. Vertical movement, we have the example of transmutating. Horizontal movement, listen, there's plenty of evidence of horizontal movement. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, listen, did you know that a boysenberry is a hybrid of other berries? A boysenberry is a hybrid of raspberry, blackberry, loganberry, and African dewberry. But interesting, it's still a berry. You get that? This wasn't transmutating. They didn't take four berries and come up with a banana. It's still a berry. This wasn't transmutating. This was cross-mutating. This is possible. And of course, you can hardly talk about seeds, at least I can't, and not think of Genesis chapter 3. Write this down, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Now listen, Genesis 3 is after the fall. God said, Adam, where are you? Now, of course, God wasn't asking Adam where he was because God didn't know where, where Adam was. God was asking Adam, where are you? Because God wanted Adam to know where Adam was. Did y'all get that? God wanted Adam to know, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, well, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid. And God said, have you done something that you want to talk to me about? And then Adam threw Eve under the bus. He said, <laughs> he said, it's that woman you gave me. In other words, God, it's your fault. You gave me that woman. And then God said to Satan, you are cursed more than the cattle and the beast, and on your belly you shall go. And that's why I don't like snakes. 
I do not. I'm telling you, I was talking to a friend. He was telling me after service day, he was like, oh, you don't like that? I'm like, I do not like, I got no use for a snake. Maybe a belt. Maybe a wallet. But I ain't got no use for no, 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 no. I don't like snakes. God said on your belly you will go. And then God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, and he shall he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, at that time, Satan has brought a curse on Adam and Eve and, off, and their offspring. But God, you could do a whole sermon on but God, but God promised that that seed of the woman would come. One who would bring deliverance from that curse. That seed is who, saints? Jesus Christ, you know that. And he did bring deliverance at Calvary's cross. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? He did bring deliverance at Calvary's cross. It was at Calvary that Jesus defeated and declawed and defanged the devil and accomplished salvation for all who believe in him. Look at verse 1 again in Genesis. But God created bara, created bara, something from nothing, creatio ex nihilio, creatio ex nihilio, something from nothing. The word bara is not used again until verse 21. You see what God is doing. God is creating from existing materials now. God is forming plants and life out of the elements that are already on the earth, just like your body. The same 17 elements that make up dirt are the same 17 elements that are out there on the parking lot. That's why you can wash your body, you can get some soap and wash your body, take a white cloth and wash your body and wash your body, and then, you know, take some soap from Whole Foods and wash your body and wash your body. I did a little plug for Whole Foods. And take the soap and wash your body and wash your body, and you get more dirt. Why? Because you're made of dirt. You've heard me say it, haven't you? We're all dirt bags. <laughs> so next time somebody calls you a dirt bag, say, and? Your point is? Because the same 17 elements that make up your skin is the same 17 elements that make up dirt. So life is starting on earth and it started with all the different kinds of grasses. Are y'all getting this? And shrubs and trees in a day. And again, as I've been telling you now for two weeks, a day is a 24-hour period of time. A day is not a million years. A day is not 5 million years. A day is not 10 million years. A day is not 100,000 years. A day, because that's what the evolutionists say, a day is a 24-hour period. And here's another reason why I believe a day is a 24-hour period, because, listen, the majority of trees are dependent on pollination from bees and birds. So if there were millions and billions of years of evolution, they would have to all died. They would have all died. All the trees and all the shrubs would have died before their helper showed up, the bees and the birds. So God is setting up a system that is interdependent after its kind. After its kind. So we just solved the age-old question. What came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken, right? The chicken came first, whose seed is in itself. Everything is reproducing after its kind. 
you know, I was reading something, and get this, somebody estimated this. They estimated that if you take one kernel of corn and plant it, and then you'll get like a bundle of corn or a bushel of corn, as I'm told, like a bushel of corn. And then if you take, get this, if you take that bushel of corn and you plant all of that, and then you take uh, what produces from that over three, four, five, six years, seven years, if you do that, you can cover the whole United States with corn because they keep reproducing. So think about it. When you eat corn, you're eating the great, 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 great grandkids of the corn from chapter one. So it's not popcorn, it's grand popcorn. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, think about an acorn. Talk about seeds. Think about an acorn. It produces an oak tree. An apple, think about an apple, one tiny apple, six to eight seeds will produce an apple tree, an untold number of apples, and an avocado seed is large with a large seed, but it will produce an avocado tree. So from one seed will come many avocados after their kind. Avocados don't produce green beans. Somebody say amen. Amen. Again, after its kind, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 38 and 39, tell us just that. But God gives it a body as he pleases, and to each a seed its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, and another flesh of animals, and another of fish, and another of birds. So let me share something with you before we close. Let me give you three laws. You got a pen? I want you to write these down. Three laws of sowing and reaping, and then we'll be done. Three laws of sowing and reaping. First of all, you'll reap the same kind that you've sown. In other words, you can't plant green beans and expect peaches. Say amen. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. Simple as that. Galatians 6, 7. Don't be, de- don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, that he will also reap. Of the same kind. Number two, you will always reap later than when you've sown. You don't sow a seed today and harvest tomorrow. You don't sow one hour and reap the next. Solomon said there is a a season to sow and there is a season to reap. And these seasons are not simultaneous. You sow in the spring and you don't reap until the fall. It takes time. And then number three, finally, you always reap more than you've sown. Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. He who sows the flesh will reap corruption, but he who sows the spirit will reap of the spirit everlasting life. If you want to reap from the spirit, then you need to do things that are spiritual. If you have a problem with your thoughts, stop watching stuff that causes you to think fleshly things and start depositing the word of God in your life. Somebody say amen. Whatever you sow, That you will reap. And let me add one more for you. Another spiritual law. The more you sow, the more you grow. The more you sow, the more you grow. I have to remind myself of this in the ministry. In due season, we reap if you don't faint. You got to keep your hope on the final harvest. And whatever you give to God, you'll always receive more. 
If you give him your life, he'll give you life abundantly. If you give him your time, he'll restore the years the locusts have stolen away. If you give him your ministry, he'll give you your anointing. If you give him finances, he'll add and he'll never owe you anything. God will not be a debtor to any man. You'll never hear God say, hey, I owe you one, man. Never. John Wesley's rule for Christian living, listen to this. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can, because you reap what you sow. It's an inescapable law. And I hope that you are growing and learning uh, from this series on creation. I personally can't wait until we get to day seven. Um, that's the day of rest, y'all. Come on. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.